Blog Talk Radio. Reconnect my heart. 
Or you can go to our chat room, which is available right now. You can send your questions, comments, or your prayer requests. I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, True Believers, Tabernacle Church. If you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, feel free and come worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas. 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. Right now, I see Miss Miss Keisha. Once again, uh, God bless you. Appreciate you. Thank you for everything you do. A good friend of mine, thank God for his testimony and his healing. Mr. Stephen Excuse me, Dr. Stephen Handyman, Dr. Stephen. Uh, God bless you. I'm praying for you. I want y'all to continue to be uh, keeping him up in uh, prayer. Good friend of mine. Uh, love him dearly. Very proud of you. Great supporter. Also, Miss Naomi. Miss Naomi. Naomi, how you doing today? Appreciate you. Uh, she sung her heart out um, at church today. Great, great, great song. <laughs> Now, for those who are ready, on today, today, we're going to talk about being emotionally dependent or attached to something or someone, finding your own strength. Also, your identity, finding your strength and identity to stand for yourself, your identity and your strength to stand for yourself or stand on your own. We're going to talk about that and much more in the episode called Hiding Behind the Mask. Hiding Behind the Mask. (sighs) Before we go into Deep detail, I have to give you all a confession. This episode actually came by ask by I'm not gonna say by accident per se, but actually I feel like it was only God that did this because to be honest with you, in my own strength or ability, I would have missed this opportunity to uh speak about something that at one point some of us or all of us have dealt with this issue. Hiding behind a mask. That mask can be a thing or a person. And the funny thing, uh, one thing I always do, I always ask God, God, what do you want me to tell your people? What do you want your people to know? That's that's the little phrase I always say before I send a post video or even discuss something on a the podcast. And so this actually came about, I'm not going to say by accident, but it came by purpose. What do I mean? It just so happened, I normally try to prepare for the podcast on Wednesdays. Whatever the discussion is going to be, I try to have something established so I can let everybody know uh, again. 
give them a heads up. So it just so happened Wednesday morning, I was getting ready to go to work. And normally I'm a creature of habit. I keep the same routine so that way I can make sure I don't miss anything. And so I had my glasses. I was looking for my glasses. And normally I have my glasses um, on top of my dresser. And I didn't see it. And then I thought about it. Wait a minute. I made a video in the car the day before. So maybe I left it in the car. So I grabbed my stuff, got in the car, and shot on, headed to work, thinking that my glasses were possibly in the car. Well, I began to look in the car. My glasses were not in the car. And I didn't have enough time to go back home to look for my glasses to make it work on time. So now I got to do something that I normally don't like to do. I had to go to work without my glasses. My confession, I have to share with y'all, I normally don't like to go anywhere, anywhere without my glasses. I like to have my glasses on. Do I really need my glasses? No, I don't. I like it. I like to have my glasses on. Um, in my own little way, um, it kind of helps me. And I've used—I used to be so dependent upon my glasses. Um, those that know me, I'd be the first one to confess. Growing up, uh, even until I became an, a young adult, I used to struggle with insecurities. I used to struggle with low self-esteem. So when I began to start wearing glasses. That was actually my security blanket. Those that are familiar with Peanuts or the Charlie Brown character, Linus was a fabulous pianist, but he depended upon that blanket, that security blanket. It seemed like everywhere he was at, that blanket was with him. And my glasses was actually the security blanket to this Linus, me. And so I had to go to work, and I was like, oh, man. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. And like I said, this is me being transparent. Those that know me, I believe in being honest, telling the truth. I believe in being a minister that's transparent and tell you everything Y'all don't have to worry about, oh, did Brother Prater, was Brother Prater in the scandal? No, I'm a tell-off on myself. That's me. So, with that being said, um, with my glasses, I always wore them. And like I said, I really didn't need them. I just like to have them. And I thought for sure, well... I guess I'm going to have to go to work without my glasses. Now, this is what I'll tell you. The key thing was what I do, I kind of make myself when I'm doing a video, uh, even when I'm ministering, I deliberately take my glasses off. I make myself take my glasses off. If I could, I'll leave my glasses on at all times. But I have to allow people to see me, to know me. And so years ago, when I used to hide behind my glasses, 
or even hide behind other people. I found out in order for us to overcome situations, we have to be transparent, but most importantly, we have to acknowledge that it could be a crutch. It could be what we're depending upon. It could be something that we are allowing to stop us from becoming a man or lady that God called for us to be. So I mentioned about the thing that I used to do, the thing that I would depend upon. Like I said, my glasses. That was the thing that I depended upon. But oh, me being honest with you, that wasn't the only thing that I used to depend upon. I used to depend upon a person. That person was my sidekick. That person was my spokesperson or my voice. That person was the person who I depend upon to face the world. And it's ironic that we'll be celebrating that particular person on next week's episode. And this is not to be a downer, but this is just to, like I said, to acknowledge, to kind of share some light and to also let people know, hey, look here, those things that you may be facing right now, those things that you may have a hiccup or an issue, the things that you need deliverance or victory over or healing from, the same thing that you're dealing with or sometimes the same thing that Adam dealt with or other people dealt with. So we want to use it as a discussion to let you know that the same God that did it for myself or did it for others can do it for you. And so that person that I would depend upon, that person was my sister Sheila. And like I said, I always uh, call her Sheila Prater. <laughs> Sheila Prater. And and up until up until a few years ago, uh, we would talk with Sheila and I would talk and we'd have our conversations and and the roles kind of became reversed where I used to have her to speak for me, and within recent years before she passed away this year, um, I end up being her spokesperson. I end up speaking up for her when it came down to large settings, um, even like we would go to our dad's church, and when it's when it's time for the kids to say something, she would never say anything. She always wanted me to speak on her behalf because she she didn't like talking in front of people. Uh, She didn't like talking in the crowd. She liked talking one-on-one. And so with me, I would prefer to speak in a crowd so that way I could tell everybody all at once. And when I got one-on-one, I wouldn't say nothing. (laughs) So uh, that that was kind of that shyness or uh, reservation being reserved. So with that being said, I understand a lot of times what sometimes many of us deal with pertaining to that security blanket. And so what we would do, we would hide, oh, excuse me, I'm going to speak about me personally. I would hide behind my glasses. I would allow my glasses 
to be my security blanket or, like I said, my sister. I would allow my sister to be my security blanket and not realizing that I was actually handicapping myself or allowing myself to become dependent upon her or the glasses at all times. But I found out a lot of times God has a sense of humor that would try to help you or encourage you to be able to step out of your comfort zone. Hmm. And boy, I tell you, what I found out, a lot of times God is lightly pushing us. I'm not talking about forcefully. I'm just kind of like taking it by baby steps try to encourage us, or if you want to say setting the opportunity for us to be able to get out that comfort zone or go forth a little bit further. But what happens a lot of times, we like, oh, no. We see the opportunity, and we, we let it pass. But not realizing that moment that you're allowing to pass, it's going to come back up. And so that opportunity, like, for example, if you were not liking to talk in front of a crowd, and that opportunity come for you to speak up in a crowd of 10, but you refuse it, not realizing that you're refusing it right now, but the opportunity going to come again, but this time, instead of it being 10 people, it might be 25 people. You see, Whatever we don't pass, whatever test, that's a test, whatever test or opportunity that we fail or we omit to take, it gets more inconvenient. It gets, it comes in a more inconvenient time, inconvenient moment, and sometimes with a larger audience. What do I mean? Sometimes it's just best to seize the moment, go ahead and take it right then and there. When the opportunity comes, do it right then and there because it will become easier, easier when we do it. I thought about, first of all, I'm I'm not a professional singer, but I remember um, years ago, I used to always uh, say at church, you know, about singing some more songs and try to bring some songs to the church. And so God told me, how would you expect others to sing those songs that you're bringing when you're not even singing the songs that you're bringing yourself? I'm like, ouch. (laughs) So what did I have to do? In order for me to encourage others to do it, I had to be the one to first do it. And I ain't going to lie to you. It took me to practice. It took me a I say about nine months, six to nine months, I practiced, practiced, practiced. And at the time, the song that was hot was a song by Marvin Sapp that said, Never Could Have Made It Without You. Now, that song is a tearjerker. That song, it'll tug and nudge on you. But I got up. And uh, it was doing testimony service, and I never forget. I'm one of the musicians at the church. I'm one of the drummers, 
And so I stood up to testify, but I was in my head trying to think of the words. And I'm like, Lord, I've never done this before. I never sung by myself. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it. I'm going to try it. So I said, you know what? I had to kind of push my own self. Um, I grabbed the mic and I said, uh, I, you know, I gave me a little introduction, you know, and I said, I want to sing this song. And it seemed like everybody at the church saw a ghost because they were like, what? <laughs> you know, they were very, very surprised. So I got up and I did that. And oh, my gosh, I can actually feel my heart beating through my throat, my stomach. It's like my whole chest was beating. It felt like my whole heart were just beating all over. <laughs> and um, after I got done, God told me, I told God I was scared, I was nervous. And he said, you need to do it every opportunity that you can. Every opportunity, do it, do it, do it. The more you do it, the more I'm going to give you the strength. I'm going to increase your strength, your ability, your opportunity to do it. And so I began to do that. So now, if I want to, sing a song at church or whatever, and, you know, I could sing and play at the same time, and it's nothing. But it started off first by getting out of my comfort zone or getting beyond the mask. Stop hiding behind the mask. Now, a lot of times we actually know a lot of mask words, and we hear about it at church sometimes. Uh, but we know it from a terminology called being a hypocrite. A hypocrite. A hypocrite, what well, some people would know a hypocrite or what they think a hypocrite is someone that's uh, professing to be one way, but they're living or doing another thing. Uh, some people that may be pretending to be all saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and that with fire, ain't sinned all day, ain't slept all night. But then, when the opportunity comes, they'll screw you over. <laughs> when the opportunity comes, they'll take your man. Or when the opportunity comes, they'll sleep with your wife. So, the actual word that's a hypocrite, the hypocrite is actually something that we would entitle a mask wearer. A mask wearer. For those that are into drama, theater, uh, theater, um, do y'all remember those actors or uh, actors or actresses that would have a mask on their face, like half a face? That's actually where the word hypocrite comes from. So when we look at it, when we become dependent upon a thing or a person to become attached to it, we're actually hiding behind that particular mask. And sometimes we allow that to become our identity. Uh, Sometimes we are allowing them, that thing, or that person to change some type of image about us that may be perceived by others. 
So that's something we have to think about. We have to think about being able to release ourselves from whatever mask that we may be holding on to or whatever person that we are allowing to be our mask. We need to release that. A couple of things I want to bring up right quick. Um, A lot of times we think about being a mask wearer, or if you want to say being a hypocrite, a lot of things we think about, like some people, they become attached. They become emotionally attached, let's just say, to nicotine, cigarettes, alcohol, even narcotics, drugs, um, they would often call it recreational drugs. They become emotionally attached to that when tough time comes, when they are faced with a situation and they don't know how to deal with it in a healthy way. Sometimes they become dependent upon whatever substance that may give them the quote-unquote liquid courage or the recreational courage to do what needs to be done but it's not a healthy way one of the things I always tell people whatever you do to get it is what you have to do to maintain it you know I see a lot of people um, I actually with my son I was watching uh, this show and they was actually showing a lot of the uh, rock stars you were looking into the studio or you were looking at a hotel room or whatever, and all you saw was liquor, 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 drugs. Even a lot of times they may write music, they may make music, and they had drugs, they had weed, they had all these things that they would try to use as a stimulus to get them that next high so they can be they can be uh, they can be in in their mindset they feel like they can be inspired but i will say this like i said if you have to do that if you have to get drunk get that buzz get high or numb the pain to become creative to become inspired, then you have to maintain it at all times, but also realizing you're actually distorting yourself. What do I mean? See, first of all, let's just say like alcohol. Another nickname for alcohol is called what? Spirits. So while you are listening and asking or waiting for God to give you a natural inspiration that he is already willing to give you, sometimes you may take it upon yourself to take some type of illegal or unauthorized, spiritually unauthorized substance or substitute to make you quote-unquote creative and you picking up not the spirit of God, but a foreign spirit. Like I said, alcohol, another nickname for alcohol, spirit. Think about it. Plural. S-P-I-R-T-S. 
spirits. Now, does it tell you whose spirit? Does it tell you what spirit? That's something to think about. So you have to ask yourself, is this something that is authorized by God? Or is this something that I'm choosing that he may not want me to do, but sometimes we know it's something that we're going to be challenged with or something that God doesn't want us to do. The terminology we always think about about is, well, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So instead of us asking God, God, is this something that you want me to use? Is this something you want me to do? We won't do it. We'll just go ahead and do it anyway. And then when we find out, hey, we're not supposed to be doing that. Hey, I'm sorry. Yeah. So so with the mask, God wants us to be able to look at whoever we are, first know our identity, and we have to be comfortable in our own skin. Most of the time when a person becomes uh, attached, sometimes it may be some type of insecurity that they may have within themselves that they may feel the need to latch on to someone to help that person, to help them to, if you want to say, have their own image or make them feel important or make them feel worthy or make them feel worth something. Uh so with that we have to look at that and also unfortunately many times it not only pertains to friendship, it happened in friendship also. A lot of times people and it could be of the same or it could be on the opposite sex or even in the same sex. Think about this. Either you or somebody you know, if there's something that goes on in your life and you or that other person, they feel like, man, you're always the first one that they call to tell, you know, they tell you things. Well, I got a problem. You know, I got a problem. They always go to you. They go to you. And this is, like I said, even just as a friend. They'll go to you. You're the one that they confide in. You're the one that they quote unquote depend upon. You are the one that they. You are their sounding board. And the way that you should know, or the way that you'll know if you are, or you are attached to someone, or someone may be attached to you, the way to find out is when you are not available. When you're not accessible, you know what happens? See, they automatically call you, depend upon you. And then all of a sudden, when you're not there, when you're not available, then what happens? They get offended. They Wait a minute. They feel a sense of entitlement that they feel like that they're the ones, they're the only ones that have exclusive rights or exclusive access to you. And no excuse is good enough for you to fess up to why you were not available or accessible to them. That's even in a friendship. I want to emphasize that because a lot of times we just think about the emotional attachment pertaining to boyfriend, girlfriend, courtship, or marriage. Like I said, that happens in friendship 
too. But there's another relationship that it may it may happen too. And that relationship is like I said, it's not just dating. It also happens pertaining to child parent relationship. What happened? That parent could be so dependent upon that child that they feel that that child, them taking care of that child, and we're not just talking about as a baby, we're talking about that child now as a grown adult. That child that was once dependent upon that parent, that parent, instead of them learning how to live their own life, that parent continues to be involved in that child's life, and then when the child moves out, go to college, or gets married, or just get on their own, what happens? They end up having the empty nest syndrome where they don't know how to function outside of just being mama or just being daddy. They've been so used to putting aside their life for their child, but once that child becomes old enough and responsible enough, they don't learn how to wing themselves from their child and allow their child to exercise everything that has been invested within them and their parent chooses not to or don't know how to learn how to learn who they are right now. See, if that child now is 20 years old and that mother had the child when she was 20, so now that child is 20, that means the mother's 40. So now that mother has to learn who she is, not when she was 20, because she's no longer 20. She has to learn who she is as a, as a 40-year-old mother and, or as a 40-year-old lady or father. Because, of course, you know, we can't go back. But God can help us to redeem the time and help us to be able to uh, seize the moments if we have been productive, if we have uh, did our part in trying to raise our children. And like I said, you know, we have to allow our children to grow up. One of the things I was speaking about earlier today, and this also pertains to hiding behind the mask, and this is helping us to be able to get from under the mask or not allowing us to put a mask on other people or for us not to become a mask to other people. One of the things we have to do, we have to make sure, and this is one of my pet peeves, we have to make sure not to speak up for other people. What do I mean? See, every person has to learn how to exercise or use their voice. Their voice is important, and especially when it pertains to a man. The worst thing that a lady can do, they could be a girlfriend, it could be a wife, it could be a mother. The worst thing you can do is get into a habit of speaking up for a man. You have to allow the man to speak up for himself. Those that know me, I talk about it all the time. I work in the jailhouse. I've been doing it for a long time. I see so many mothers coming up there trying to speak up for a grown man. And you see the mother, and the way she's talking, the way she's carrying herself, you're thinking, Man, is this 
is this a juvenile that she's talking about? 18, maybe 19, 17, 18, maybe 19. We have some 17-year-olds up there in the jail. And so you would listen to the mother, you're thinking, okay, maybe it's a small child. I say 17, 18. And when you look up that person, you look up that child, uh, their son, they saw 49 years old. Wait a minute. 49 years old? You are ripping, running, just about killing yourself, trying to speak up for this little, this grown man. You better tell him to put on his big boy drawers and start speaking up for himself. That's something that we have to, as men, if a woman tries to speak up for us, for us, we got to say, hey, hold on. I'll take care of this. I'll tell the guys, look here, I don't care if you stutter. I don't care if every other word, it sounds like you have a list. I don't care if you spit. Whatever you do, take your time and speak. I'm not going anywhere. You talk. I want to give you the freedom to express yourself. See, that handicaps a man. And what happened when a woman ended up becoming uh, dependent upon speaking up for a man, what happened, you handicapped that man, for, and you're not allowing him to use his voice or exercise his voice. So when crucial time comes where he having to deal with conflict, now he don't know how to handle conflict. And if he don't know how to handle conflict, he won't resolve conflict in a healthy way, or he may not resolve conflict at all. And what happened a lot of times as men, being honest with you, as men, when we don't know how to handle conflict or drama, what do we do? We take it out by violence. Or we take it out by verbal abuse, cussing and doing all this other stuff. So what we have to do as men, we have to learn, we have to know how to speak. We have to know how to, uh, like I said, even if somebody ends up trying to speak up for you, you have the right to say, no, I got this, or no, I'm going to speak. We have the right to do that. And this might be something else that some people may not like, but I always say this. Women can do the best that they can to raise a boy, but women have to have a man in that child's life, in that son's life, to help their boy to become a man. I've heard some in the past, you know, well, uh, he don't need no man. The the mother would say, he don't need no man uh, in this life. I could be his mama and his daddy. No, you can't. You can't impregnate yourself. <clears throat> now, that mother, even though that biological father may not have been active in that boy's life, it takes a male to help to train to teach because a lot of times what happens is just like uh, some people, if they try to give themselves a shot or you might be bandaged up and you try to do it yourself, you're going to be very, very careful. You're going to be timid. That's the word. Thank the Lord. You're going to be timid with trying to self-medicate yourself or rip off a bandage or something. But when you allow someone else to do it, what happens? They'll take it off. Because why? Because they're not attached. 
they don't feel it, but they know the greater need is to go ahead and do it real fast. But if you do it yourself, you may be timid. So what happened a lot of times, think about it, a lot of times when a woman is trying to raise a boy, the same thing, the same results happen. Somewhere along the way, he may grow up to be what? Timid. Timid. Like I said, I'm not saying that, you know, women not doing a great job. You play a part, but you're not the whole part. And so vice versa. Even a father, it takes a father to have the input. If a father has custody of a daughter, he could be the best father in the world, but he's going to need the input of a, a woman. He's going to need an input of a woman, the influence of a woman to help that girl to become a lady. So it all boils down to being able to use your own voice. So for a, for a person, when they learn how to use their own voice, it helps them to be confident. It helps them to be able to, like I said, handle conflict, adversity, situations. They won't become frustrated. They become patient. They'll, they'll know how to, like I said, resolve issues. Not just issues pertaining to uh, people, but even just life itself. They won't give up. They won't give in. So it'll help them with problem solving. So women, please don't speak up for another man. Even if, now, and I'm going to say this, this for free. A man can identify if another man is for real or not. Just like women. Women can tell if that woman has an evil or an ill motive, a hidden agenda, women can. Yes, she can. You can do that towards a woman. You can do that towards another woman. Because what's that old saying? Oh, women know women. Well, guess what? Men know men, too. So stop trying to make excuses for these men. I'm going to tell you like this. Women, I'm going to give you special permission. Women. If you are trying to make an excuse for a man, if you want to know, well, you know, then, no, you know what? You can give me a call, or it's a lot of Facebook friends that I have that are men that will tell you, you know what? This dude run a game. But what I always say, you got to be able to accept the truth. If you don't want to accept the truth, don't reach out to me. Just point blank. I'll tell you, hey, look here. I ain't going to have you to waste my time. I ain't going to have you to waste none of my friends' time, male or female. If you want the truth, we'll tell you. Point blank. No excuses. And that's the way people of God should be. No, no. Well, you know, well, just pray about it. No, you ain't got to pray about it. The answer right in your face. God is telling you, hey, look here. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And it's funny. The things that we don't want to accept, we'll say we'll pray about it. But the things that we need to accept, that's what we need to be praying about. <laughs> so the key thing is just, hey, look here. If this is something that God does not want us to do, if it's something that God wants us to leave alone, hey, leave it alone. Accept that. And once you accept it, then God will help you. Hmm. Miss Keisha said, I'm the same way. You know, I, I'm going to tell you something. God had to deal with me 
and, and I have a heart for God's people. I don't mind talking to him and what about that. But let me tell you what I used to do. This is back in the day, back in the day. I used to spend my whole days off from work on the phone trying to talk and minister to people. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's the people that I was talking to that I was trying to minister to. You know what? They weren't listening to what I was saying. What they wanted, they just wanted to waste my time. They already had the decision made up on what they was going to do. So God began to start dealing with me, and I said, wait a minute. You know what? I'm killing my time. And so what I started doing, now I'm to the point. I don't have to hear the whole story. Let me tell you this. What's your problem? In the nutshell, what's your problem? Okay. Well, this is what you do. Leave them alone. Well, but you don't understand. Uh-uh. Quit making excuses for them. See, when a person makes excuses, they already got their mind made up. So if you already got your mind made up, can you hang up the phone or I'll hang up? Well, you would do that. You just want to be a man of God, right? And I'm going to say it like this. Believers, Christians, we're not cowards. And do not take our kindness for weakness. Do not take our faith for weakness. There's so many people that would try to take advantage of you because they feel like, well, you know, you're supposed to listen. You know, uh-uh. You know, you're supposed to be obedient. <laughs> Just point blank. So when you start telling people the truth, you tell them God on the truth, get this. They may not like it, but they're going to respect you at the end. They're going to respect it because it's for your best interest. If it's something that God wants you to know, God will tell you. But you cannot refuse help. I know it's kind of off the subject a little bit, but I have to share that. But what we need to do, we need to look at like this. Being emotionally attached versus love. Now, I was speaking about how sometimes we may be emotionally attached with friends or even with children, um, how parents would allow themselves to be emotionally attached to their children. They'll try to uh, vicariously live their life through their children, and then when their children are off on their own, now their parents have lost their mind because they don't know how to live this life. And sometimes being able to live and detach themselves from their child so their child can live their own life. So that's that part. And then ultimately, we want to talk about how love plays a part of it. Uh, love being in a relationship where it could be either love or attachment. Now, first, love is selfless. Love is selfless. When you're in love, you focus on making the other person happy. You're always thinking of ways to make sure that your partner feels loved and fulfilled. You aren't keeping score. You ain't arguing over who helps more or fighting over who is supporting to wash the dishes. You don't emotionally blackmail your partner or try to manipulate or con them or to seek a dominancy in a relationship. You don't have no hidden agenda, a hidden motive. That's selfless. That's love. But emotionally attachment is selfish. Selfish. When you're 
attached to someone, you're focused upon ways in which they can make you happy. Now, love is supposed to be what? Reciprocated. Love is reciprocated. I'll give you an example. If you ever want to know how to lose water weight, how do you lose water weight or water tension? You drink more water. How is that? Your body's holding on to water, but you saying to drink more? Yes. Let me tell you how. Now, this is if you're healthy, if there's no uh, health issues going on. What happens when a person has water retention, their body is holding on to that water because they don't know when, their body don't know when the next time they're going to have some water. So what they do when they get water, they'll hold on to the water. But when your body is used to receiving water, when your body is used to receiving water, then even when the water comes into your body, what happens? Your body will automatically release the water. Why? Because your body is used to receiving water. If your body were used to receiving water, it can give up the water. There's no need to store it. In other words, your body trusts you that you're going to fulfill the desire or the need by replenishing your body with water. That's how you deal with water. So if your body would do that pertaining to water, the same thing pertaining to love. See, I know good example like myself, those that know me, I drink a lot of water. I, I keep a jug of water with me at all times. This is my jug of water. <laughs> I keep water with me and I try to hydrate myself often and when I do that my body trusts me but I'm so used to drinking water that automatically my body does not hold water and so if I decided to go an extended period of time without any water what's going to happen I'm going to start cramping because my body would be in shock now wait a minute wait a minute I released this water you should have you should have replaced it by now so the same thing, when our bodies can trust us, when our bodies can trust us, then it don't have to attach water, or water does not have to be attached to our bodies. Our body would release the water. If I trust, if my if my body can trust me, then it can release. Like I said, same thing pertaining to love. If trust is there, see, if trust is involved, then that's when selfless acts can happen. But if there's no trust, then there's no release. And if there's no trust, and if there's no release, then the body becomes, what, selfish and hold on to the water. So wanted to pull that up. So... Being selfish, you're focused on ways in which you can make yourself happy or they can make you happy. You become heavily dependent upon your partner. You may even try to control him or her to avoid abandonment. Instead of confronting your own issues, 
you use your partner to improve your self-esteem and avoid being alone. They, you look for them to fill the voids that you have. You believe that they are responsible for your happiness. You become frustrated and angry if they fail to bring you contentment. Think about it. The only person that can actually bring you joy and contentment is God. But if you allowing someone to, uh, if you allowing yourself to be attached to someone, or if you trying to have somebody attached to you, and you subconsciously making them try to make you happy, then you actually putting them in the place of God. That's something you have to think about. So love is selfless. Attachment is selfish. Another thing, love is liberating, but attachment is controlling. Mutual love allows you to be your true self. Your partner encourages you to be who you generally are and don't be afraid to expose your weakness. In other words, it's not wrong for you to become vulnerable. It's okay to show your weakness. Mutual trust depends or develops and becomes a powerful thing for personal growth for both of you. Love is never controlling. In actuality, love transcends control. Your partner's ability to accept you for who you are and encourage you to pursue your dreams, your hopes, your ambitions allows you to let go of the need to control their life. That's love. But what about attachment? Attachment, on the other hand, it tends to fuel controlling behavior. You may discourage your partner from spending time with their friends, even family. They play mind games or put unhealthy levels of focus on pleasing them. You may even try to manipulate them and sing with you regardless of their feelings. Hmm. That dirty devil was a lie. Computer froze. But see, those are the things that we have to think about. Love is selfless. But, hmm. Attachment? What is it? Selfish. This is something that we have to ask God to help us. Because what happens when it comes down to it, the devil wants to what? Play where? Mind games right up in here. Hmm. The devil want to manipulate us, control us. The devil wants us to feel that we need them to validate us. That's emotionally attachment. But see, 
when you're whole, when you know who you are, then you don't have to depend upon someone to validate you. You understand that God has already validated you years ago. Get this, before you came to the scene, before you were ever born, God had already validated you. He set the scene. He set all of this for you to praise and worship and magnify him, but also for you to know who you are so you can best effectively praise, worship, obey the purpose and plan that he has for you. This is something that God has for you. And we have to understand with love, love, we talk about love being selfish and attachment being, uh, excuse me, love is being selfless and attachment, emotional attachment is being selfish. Another thing we have to look at, love, listen, love gathers. Love creates harmony. But attachment, what? It crumbles. It breaks. It separates. That's something that we have to make sure that we understand. We have to understand that God wants us to be able to release everything, give everything to him. Once and for all, as I'm speaking, I'm working on getting my computer back going. That devil's alive. We know it's just a trick of the devil. There it is. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Okay. Let's see. Moving on up. Yep. There it is. All righty. All right. Now, love is a mutual growth. If you're in love, and if you love, you and your partner will grow together. When both of you work to become the best version of yourself, you become better than you had that you could have been on your own. In short, your partner stimulates your growth, and you do the same thing for them. And like I said, it had nothing to do with control. And some people, I mentioned earlier how some people, uh, they would play mind games. They would try to separate you from your friends or even your family. They would do that. I found that that there are some people, they are so jealous even amongst the family. They They would try to break up a good family. You know, you end up meeting this person, and you used to talk to your brother, your sister, your parent, every day, whatever, and there's no problem. It's no um, hell raising, anything like that. It's a healthy relationship that you have with your family member. But someone who has um, some type of emotional issues, you know what they'll do? They'll become jealous. They'll become jealous of even the relationship that you have with your Family, I can tell you a whole lot about. One day I'll talk about. I many people have dealt with that. So, but we have to understand when it boils down to it, it stimulate love will stimulate the growth and help both of y'all to do the same to be the same. Also, that's love, but when we look at the attachment, <clears throat> to me, we look at the attachment. 
the attachment, when you attach, when you attach, you urge control in your inability to solve your own problem, and you restrict your growth as well as your partner's growth. In other words, you, I don't want to say you're toxic, but what happens is you create a toxic result. A lot of time when a person is not helped or if a person is not healed, what happens, like I said about jealousy, they'll become jealous. They'll become jealous of, like I said, and I, I want to bring up family because a lot of times there are some people they'll use the friends and it's an unhealthy friendship or a friendship that is uh, beyond the boundaries. It it doesn't respect boundaries of the person's courtship. So I'm going to speak about uh, family. But the person that's controlling, um, they, how to say, your unresolved issues cause unnecessary dependencies upon your significant other. And not surprising, this restricts the growth of both your partners and also make things difficult and make it difficult for you to love in a healthy way. Now, I want to say this disclaimer. Um, I didn't say it earlier. I'm not a licensed physician. Now, I do uh, speak about uh, faith-based counseling. I can do that, but as far as um, seeing a psychiatrist or whatever, I recommend people. I tell people, hey, look here. You can be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost and dead with fire, but if you feel the need to see a psychiatrist, do that, and you're still saved. God has licensed uh, professional Christian counselors, uh, psychiatrists, therapist so don't ever feel that when you're you don't have enough faith to no 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 god may be telling you hey look here have enough faith to go see these professional people so that's something we have to look at go and see them love is ego reducing but attachment is ego boosting when you're in love you become less self-centered. Your relationship serves to reduce your ego, fosters your growth, and encourages you to become less selfish and more loving. The relationship you have with your partner it fuels positive changes for both the both of you. More importantly, you both have to both have the encouragement or the courage to share your weakness, expose your vulnerability, and communicate with your heart. Mm. But on the other hand, when you're attached, emotionally attached, a lot of times you're dominated by ego. That is why many people repeatedly fall into a continuous stream of unsatisfying relationships each of which involves the same type of individual. And it has a reoccurring problem. You find it difficult to look within and resolve your own issues, which would generate dependency within your relationship, and it'll trigger the feelings that you can't be happy without your partner. 
You rely upon your significant other to solve your problems or, at the very least, help you forget about your problems. If you aren't in a, if you aren't in love right now, I sincerely hope that you find your soulmate and build a magnificent relationship with that person. Until then, why not work on becoming a better and more loving version of yourself? As the saying goes, like attracts like. If that's the case, it's wise to become the person that you wish to attract. Hmm. And a couple of verses I want to read to you all before we get ready to um, get off the air. I want to I want to share this with you. It's, it's very important for us to be able to Seek and ask God to help us to understand who we are. First of all, understand who he is. And as we understand who he is, then he'll help us to be able to know and identify who we are in him. Ephesians 6, 10 through 14, it tells us, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his might. Put on the full armor so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand, stand, stand. Also, Romans 12 and 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. The word, I always say this, this word transform is a word that means metamorphosis. And a metamorphosis has nothing to do with time, but everything to do with your will. The word metamorphosis comes from the word process, process. You have to work on it. You have to work on yourself. Ask God to help you with the steps, regardless if you're taking giant leaps or baby steps. You're making progress. And when you make progress, you make process. Progress comes from process. So you have to allow you have to allow God to help you to be able to do that. Another scripture we want to read. First Timothy 6 and 17. Command those who are rich in the presence of the world not to be arrogant or put or to put their hopes in wealth, which is uncertain, but to put their hope in God, whose riches provides us with everything for enjoyment. What we have to do, we have to realize. Oh, one more, one more, one more, one more, one more. This one right here. Philippians four and six. Do not be anxious for anything, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. Um, we have to recognize that God loves us. 
And God wants us to be able to start getting out of our comfort zone, like I mentioned earlier. Don't you know we will not reach our full potential or our purpose until we get out of our comfort zone? And just as scary as it may be, like I said, I've been there. But God is holding our hand to lead us. Get this. God will not lead us into something that's going to take us out. But also, in order for us to become the men and ladies that God called for us to be and receive the things that he has us, we have to start stepping up. We have to start taking the mask off. We have to be vulnerable and transparent. That's one of the main things, even in a relationship, regardless if it's a dating, marriage, or even family. If we can become transparent, if we can be real with ourselves, See, if we can be real with God, we can be for real with others and also for real with ourselves. But God wants us to stop being hypocrites. Acknowledge who you are and where you are. And listen, I know in the Bible, a lot of people say, well, you know, I ain't got it right. Well, are you going to, are you willing to get it right? See, in the Bible, it does tell us, we always hear, you know, some people say the saying, well, you know, ain't nobody perfect. Quit making an excuse. That's an excuse for failure. The Bible tells us, be you perfect, for I am perfect. Now, the word perfect does not mean flawless. The word perfect simply means mature. Are you mature enough to recognize, you know what, I need to grow up in this area? Think about it. Each day we're getting older. Each day we're getting that much closer to the grave. And you don't ever want to live this life without fulfilling the purpose and plan God has for you. There's so many blessings that God has for us, and a lot of times people just say, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to enjoy my mansion. No, but he's saying, look here, I want you to enjoy some heaven right here on earth. Don't you know that you were made, you were created to live this life, to enjoy the blessings and the benefits that God has for you? So quit setting yourself short. And allow God to help you so that way you can operate in your purpose, in your God-given purpose. One of the things I always tell people, um, we often hear the scripture where God gave Adam work. And one of the things I always say is that word work in its original language in, in Hebrew, that word work actually comes from the word means energy or source from God. So everything that we have, everything that God wants us to have, everything pertaining to our purpose and plan that God has for us, God has already instilled work within us, but we have to stop suppressing the work and allowing God to help us to develop, to help us to become the men and ladies that he called for us to be. But know that God has your identity. God made you. You don't have to depend upon somebody to tell you, oh, you're beautiful. Oh, you know, you sexy. Oh, you got it going on. Look here. Most of the people that say the kind of thing, they got a hidden agenda. They got a motive. So look beyond what they say and ask God to start revealing their heart. Ask God to help you to understand and discern what is the motive a purpose that this person is coming to tell me this stuff. See, in other words, it's time for us to stop falling for the okie doke. We have fell for for so long, 
And what happens, we end up meeting these people and we hold on to what they say and then we end up doing some ungodly things like fornicating, having sex and all that stuff before we get married. And then what happens now, we are emotionally attached to them. And what happened, they start doing us wrong and they could go, not just females, but males too. They start doing us wrong. They start mistreating us. They start uh, using us. And so what happened, they excuse when people say, well, how about you just leave? You just say, well, but I love them. No, you don't really love them based on what love really is. You just attach to them. Hmm. They make you feel a certain way. They make they do things for you. No, that's physical. Because if you think about it, if they if they're hurting you, if they're using you, why do you love them? Think about it. Is that something based? Is that something that you should base love upon? No. But what happens? You end up making excuses. I'm gonna tell you something. If you, you can make listen, women can make all the excuses for men all they want. Ask a man how that person is, and accept the words of a man, someone, it could be a, it could be even a family member. Some people say, well, you know, that friend, he may be biased. He may have an agenda. He may, he may have a motive. He may try to get with you himself. He's trying to break y'all up so he can get with y'all. No, how about this? How about get a family member? I remember back in the day, the old grandpa would see who that granddaughter want to talk to. You know, no, he ain't no good. No, he in the game. See? Game, recognize game. A player know how to identify another player. Why? Like-minded spirit. Or it could be that guy, that guy that kind of curious about that girl. And what you do, you get grandmama. Put grandmama on her. Grandmama tell you, no, baby, no, she, she trying to use you. No, baby, she ain't no good. She smiling. She says, she know how to do that? No, no. She's just saying that they trap you, baby. That's what you got to do. You got to start accepting. Hey, accepting the answer. You know, that's half the battle right there. If you can accept what you're dealing with, then you'll be all right. But a lot of times we stress and we worry because we're not willing to accept the answer that is slapping us right in the face. Mm. So, this is something we have to ask God to help us to be the men and ladies that God called for us to be and understand the only one that we should be dependent upon is God. God is our source and everybody else and everything else is a resource. So just in case you've been allowing other people to be your, instead of your resource, you have allowed them to be your source, then how about you reset and allow God to be your source and let them to be the resource? Ask God to help you. First of all, repent to God and look in the mirror and apologize to yourself. See, it's so many times that we have allowed ourselves to miss what God has for us because we're not real with ourselves. So from this point on, Ask God to help you, and if it seems like something ain't right, if it seems like something right in your spirit, your gut, if it seems like, uh, I don't know, if you don't know what to do, stay right there. If you don't know what to do, wait until God 
answers. That's what you do. You think about, hey, look here. If you're unsure, if you don't, if you're unsure what to do, and God ain't saying nothing, you do nothing. You don't respond. You don't do nothing until God does something. When God responds, that's when you respond. But if God doesn't respond, you do what? Absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. So with that being said, I thank God for y'all who listen. And what we're going to do, I want you to know that there's nothing too hard for God. If there's anything that you're dealing with that you want to just surrender and give to God, you're welcome to do this at this time. If there's something that may be troubling you, there's something that may feel like, you know what, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this situation. I tell people that there's nothing too hard for God. Remember, Romans 10 and 9, just in case those who may be watching, who may not be saved. Romans 10 and 9 tells us, Thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ is our Savior, and believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto what? Salvation. God wants us to cast all of our cares upon him, because he cares for us. He loves you. No one loves you greater than God. But also that same love that God has for you. Listen, he died for you when you were in the midst of your sins. But see, he died for you even regardless of your past. He died for you so you can have a brighter future. So don't allow anything or anybody to bring up your past because God has a brighter future for you. One of the things I always say, when the devil try to bring up your past, you bring up his future. See, victory is already ours. We got to what? Just receive it. Obey God. Trust God. Learn God's word. Get your Bible. Get your Bible. Read. This is your daily bread. If you can eat physically every day, how about you eat spiritually every day? Listen, the devil knows the word of God, but do you know the word of God? The devil know key words to leave out that will misconstrue us or to uh, to make us miss what God has for us. The devil know how to sabotage the scripture to make us miss what God has for us. So understand, God has everything for you. But we have to look at whatever situation that we're dealing with, look at, you know what, God, I don't know what to do. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to look at what your words say about this situation. Remember this, God has the final say-so of everything. God's word reigns supreme over anything and everything. And if God didn't say it, you don't say it. You are God's child. You got the power and authority that God has given you. God has given you the power, the authority, the, uh, they call it, uh, um, not attorney general, they call it, um, Lord, it'll come to me in a minute. But God gives you the power and authority. God has given you the power and authority to say his word, to utilize his word. Thank the Lord. God has given you the power of attorney. That's what I'm trying to think about. God has given you the power of attorney to say his word. And just like when God word, when God says his word, there are actions. There are results. And God has given us the same power of attorney and power and authority to utilize his word. So what happened when we utilize God's word, there should be corresponding 
actions, but also if we believe God, if we obey God, if we trust God with those corresponding actions that we give him, then he will supply those results that we're looking for. So whatever situation may be going on, we're going to give it to God. Also, my brother, um, my cousin that's on here, um, Marquise, we're going to be praying right now. For those who may be watching, Mr. Um, Nitra, those who may be watching, Rolinda, uh, uh, like I said, Keisha, also Miss uh, Kara, Miss Kara Money, we're praying. We're going to touch and we're going to greet whatever that we may be dealing with, whatever we may be facing. Number one, there's nothing too hard for God, but also we realize we're not facing it alone. I don't care what has transpired. We're not facing what we're dealing with by ourselves. God told us in his word that he would never leave nor forsake us. Jesus died on the cross for all of us. And nothing is too hard for God. I want to be touching the grin, and I want each and every one. If you are dealing with something, we're going to give it to God. If you're not dealing with anything, then we're asking you to just, Intercede for those who may be dealing with something, those who may be going through something. We're going to be praying and asking God to help us. We're going to utilize this time right now. We're going to stand and we're going to stand in agreement. We know sickness is not of God. God wants us to be in perfect health even as our soul prospers. God wants our bodies to line up with his word, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, but most importantly, spiritually. But also we have to understand God is a God, is a man that should never lie. And if it looks like God is taking too long, we're still going to trust him. We're still going to wait on him. We're not going to take matters into our own hands. Um, it's a show called The People's Court that used to come on with Judge Wapner back in the 80s. And it always said, don't take matters into your own hands, taking the court. So that's what we're going to do in the spirit. We're going to take it to God's court. We have an advocate, which is Jesus Christ, that's there to help us in every aspect of our life. We're going to be even praying, like I said, for healing, for wholeness right now. Everything that we may be dealing with, we're going to cast all of our cares upon him for he cares for us. Also, we even speak it right now. God, we speak it right now. If there's someone who may, be, uh, may have a child, they have ran away, God. There's someone that this has a wayward child out there, God. God, we speak, God, that you come in, that you minister to them right now, God. God, let them know, God, that they are loved, God. Let them know, God, that they... They are needed within their family right now. There may be that child that feel like, or that young adult that may be feeling like they're inadequate, they're not important, their voice don't matter, their words doesn't matter. God, let them know that they're valuable, that they're loved right now, God. God, help them to not depend upon the alcohol or the drugs to make them uh, feel some type of void, or even uh, uh, sex, or going out there, uh, just giving away their body, or 
depreciating their value or their worth. God, we speak in God that you merit to catch them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we speak in God that whatever conflict that may be going on, God, we speak in God that you expose and remove right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we speak in God that you get to the root of every problem, God, that you address every issue right now, God. But God, we understand, God, even in the midst of conflict, God, there may be some type of hurt right now, God. So we speak in God that you minister to the hurt, God. Minister to the hearts of your people right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we speak in God, those who may have been used to being attached uh, emotionally, God, or uh, becoming dependent upon other people or things right now, God. We speak for deliverance and victory right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we speak in God that you help them to understand that their identity is in you right now, not the opinions of others, God. God, we speak it right now, God. Those who may be uh, uh, dealing with that issue, God. God, there may be some things that may have transpired in their past, God, that made them feel unappreciated. They might have been violated. They might have been hurt. They might have been uh, uh, rejected, abused, and used physically or mentally or emotionally, God. But God, we speak, God, that you deliver them, set them free, God. God, let them know, God, that that was the trick of the enemy right now, God. That true love still exists, God. And that true love first, God, you have love for them, God. And God, you have people, healthy people, God, that's going to teach them and show them what love is and what love ain't right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we speak in God that you minister to every hurt, every scar, every tissue, every organ in our physical, in our spiritual, uh, in our emotional body right now. In the name of Jesus, instead of buying everything you stand for, we're buying every problem, we're buying every confusion right now. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the healing that's taking place. Go into the operating table, God, and God, we speak, God, that you operate right now on that table right now, God. Bring in healing, bring in wholeness, God. Even in a hospital room, God, we holding up Mr. White right now, God. We speaking, God, that you help him, God, that you deliver him, God. Line up every cell, every tissue, every organ, every bone, every everything pertaining to him. Line up with your word of healing and wholeness from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet right now, God. Be with the family. Comfort the family right now, God. God, there may be some that may be in fear like even the, the granddaughters may be in fear, God. May be scared, God. God, be speaking, God, that you help them, God, that you comfort them right now, God. Be with them right now, God. God, we're speaking for those who may have people in the hospital, loved ones in the hospital room, God. God, we're speaking, God, that you bring in healing right now, God. God, whatever operation needs to take place, God. God, let there be healing and deliverance, God. God, we know, God, that man... Uh, only practice medicine, God, but you perfect healing right now. And God, God, we speaking, God, that you bring in the healing. Let your healing angels come in and minister to the people right now, God. Minister to your people, God, right now. In the name of Jesus, God, someone who may be looking for a job right now, God. Someone who may be uh, uh, look like they're about to give up, God. They may be thinking about doing ungodly things to bring in income. But God, we speak, God, that you rescue them, God, and help them to understand, God, where they need to be at, God. Lead them to the job that you have for them right now, God. Someone who may be in need of a financial breakthrough, a breakout, God. God, we speak, God, not only that you supply the needs financially, but even help us to be better stewards with what we have right now, God. Help us and teach us, God. And as you teach us, God, we receive it and it will multiply right now, God. In the name of Jesus, help us, God, to not allow people to 
con us or to use us, God. Help us not even to con or use others, God. Help us, God, to be responsible people right now, God. Help us, God, to dedicate responsibility to other responsible people right now, God. God, we speaking, God, that you help your people in every aspect of their lives right now. And we thank you, Lord, for the success, God. We thank you, Lord, for the testimony. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and every one who are tuning in, and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. For those who may be um, uh, want to get in contact with me, um, Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, you can catch me on Facebook, on Brother Prater, or on Facebook, you can read my daily devotions and uh, also my videos. Also, uh, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is Brother Prater. You can go to my website, which is www.brotherprater.org. You can read my daily devotion, the upcoming events, and also my personal appearances. Also, you can go to the store section of my website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to God of Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men the needs and responsibilities toward their families, their children, or their spouse, or even their children's mama, even if they're not with them. Also to inform women the needs and responsibilities, excuse me, the needs and to give single women the qualities of a potential future husband and or father to present or future children. I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in and thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Blog Talk Radio, Reconnect My Heart, Reconnect My Heart Podcast. God bless you and good night. Mm-hmm.